You get to hear from a guy today who took a bus with his family on board and just went up into the northeast part of America. I mean, who does that? Who gets a bus, paints a big message on the side, other than like a band or a tour company? This guy, Andy Bowersox, took the bus just to go out in his fun-loving, edgy, God-centered way. And so he's back, and I thought maybe he could tell us a few stories from the road and help us to understand why you would do this. Why would you take your family on a bus? What is motivating this man? That's on today's show. I'm just a radio girl. I love things that talk to me. You LOL? I did. I truly laughed out loud. So this may be the dumbest thing in the whole world, but it worked on me. There's a dog chasing a train. Natalie, how old are you? I will pray with you now. Before you leave, I have to pray with you. I'm here for the people in the hood. You know, Jesus is my very, very best friend. Pray without ceasing, which is not some sort of so heavy I can't do it command. It is this breath of fresh air that I am involved in what God is doing in the earth today. I'm Lisa. I'm great. Everything's fine. Somebody just wrote on my Facebook page, please get your mom on Facebook. We want to be her friend. Do you want to be on Facebook? What is that? Are you on Twitter? I talk to the mailman. <laughs> is that Twitter? Life with Lisa Williams is like a cave. Run around in the sun. Exactly. Put a sprinkler in the yard. This is life. This is, this, this is, this is life. life. This is life. 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 This is Life with Lisa Williams. Andy Bowersox is off the bus. <laughs> he got off the bus at home, right? You guys drove the bus home? Been home for a few days now. That's correct. Do you park the bus in front of your house? Well, I, did I share with you my story? We, we have a garage for it, actually. Um, okay. I'm fortunate enough to have a big warehouse building that we that we keep it in. But okay. did I share with you, you know, it was a couple weeks ago, Lisa, we checked in in the middle of this tour, right? And did I share right. with you my New York City experience? No. Did you drive the Energized oh, Ministries, pray for your pastor bus into Manhattan? <laughs> All right. So very quickly, <laughs> you know, this is not like parking the smart car or the, or the Beetle, right? And so... Yeah. <laughs> I was actually speaking to a, to a men's Bible study that meets right in Manhattan, and it starts at 7 o'clock in the morning. And so I was debating the night before, like, how am I going to do this? Do we, do we park outside the city and then have to get up super early to navigate yes. the train system? Yes, or... that's what you should have done. Just in hindsight, well, I bet well, that's right. <laughs> I, I tell you, so I mean, like, I'm adventurous, right? And we talked about that last time. So I thought, let's just, let's just wheel in there. <laughs> and we will find a couple of parallel spots. Wait, wait. I just have to I just have to go off for a few minutes here. Yes. Oh my word. Like driving the bus into Manhattan. I mean Manhattan <laughs> like is like people don't drive there and, and it's and it's confusing and so so this is the backstory. I worked at a radio station outside okay. of New York and one day when I was going to JFK to fly, uh, I decided I would go two hours early so I could go to Central Park and just walk through Central Park before I went to the airport. Yep. Never made it. Never made it to Central Park. Never made it out of certain sections where I would just get stuck in a circle. I stopped once to ask a police officer. They said, quote, keep moving. Keep moving. I'm like, oh <laughs> my word. So barely made the flight. So I have, I've driven in Paris. I've driven in Chicago. I've driven in LA. I've driven you these big cities, but yep. man, Manhattan, 
That's well, crazy. Lisa, I mean, I know it's insane to try and think about driving this 40-foot motor coach <laughs> into the city. It's However, crazy. <laughs> I want to like I want to be a good steward of our time and resources, so I think like I'm going to take a chance on finding a couple parallel spaces. Now, the strategic part was we did not try and do this at rush hour, okay? We thought we're going to wait until you know, after rush hour, wait till later on in the evening. So it was about 9.30, 10 o'clock. Oh, the we night before. To drive in. The night the before. before. Right, so, right. Okay, that's because, super smart. Super yeah, smart. Because remember, my wife and children are in this vehicle <laughs> as well, and they need something to do, which in this case was sleep while I was out doing my thing. But no kidding, it takes us about an hour and a half. And, and you know, this is a creative use of technology, right? There, there are smart parking apps that you can download now. Okay. That highlight the most likely places to find parking spaces. Now, that's usually for a 20-foot car, but right. nevertheless, we, we find these, and, and we could find a lot of places. Really, if you have just a little over two uh, parallel places, we can, we can squeeze in there. Well, we find a lot of those, but a lot of them you had to be out by 7.30 in the morning because the street sweepers come in. So literally by 1.15 a.m., oh, we find a place on the, get this, on the corner of 84th and Broadway, okay? Is this so, like a major, like, iconic spot, like Broadway well, and 84th? Well, I mean, Broadway is a big deal, right? Sure, so, right, you're so, on Broadway. Like, you were on yeah. Broadway. <laughs> and, and if you're below 100th Street, that's a, that's a pretty big deal, too, okay? okay? So here we are. We find a spot, no, no signs against overnight parking, no, no reason why we couldn't stay there as long as we started putting quarters in the in the meter at the next morning. So fine. By one thirty, you know, I, I like climb to the back and get get in the bed and go to sleep. At four a.m., <laughs> there's somebody beating on the door outside, <laughs> and I, I know we're off the rails here on this story, but that's okay. I, it's funny. I'm like barely coherent, <laughs> and and so the guys hollering. Why I find that it's the trash guys. Okay. That are trying to get to this big pile of trash bags that they didn't want to hike around, you know, back and forth. So they're hollering, hey, you can move back. There's nobody behind you. Come on. And so, you know, picture I'm in my underwear <laughs> trying to climb back over my children in the front, half asleep. And praise the Lord, like we didn't actually hit anything when I'm having to move this vessel back. <laughs> and, and then, you know, so, so basically it's, you know, I have to get up at five 30 to hike to where I was going to. And so it was, it was a very long night Yeah. on top of last, the last little bit to this story of all things, you know, there's a lot of places we stay. We want to make sure that we're locked up tight, you know, secure, everybody's safe. We left the key in the front door of that thing all night long. You did. You were tired. <laughs> you were in probably what would be considered one of the most dangerous cities in the world. Unbelievable. Maybe. Yeah. No, no, no. That's an overstatement. Maybe not. It, yeah. But yeah. you know, you never know. Like you're in the city. You're parked sure. in, a, in a very sure. uh, less than inconspicuous vehicle. <laughs> and, uh, and so anyway. So nevertheless, all was well. We were safe, protected. <laughs> And uh, and had a great visit with these guys. And oh, then, you did? You know, oh, good. Oh, so yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Your, your family was fine. Did your family go with you to the meeting, or did they no, stay no, no, in the no. bus this on is, Broadway? All, it was all a men's thing. Okay. And so when I came back, you know, they were actually just getting up, and so we good. climbed out on the sidewalk, went to a cafe, had the had the bagel and cream cheese. You had you a know, fifty dollar breakfast. It wasn't too bad actually, but then, and then we were on our <laughs> way back out of that mess. So all was okay. Well, well, that's so great. That's a great story. 
that's Andy's kind of story because Andy likes adventure. Oh, yeah. It's a you know? day in the life right there. He, you got he it. He thrives on adventure. And if you haven't heard the, the previous show we did with Andy, he just is a really fun-loving guy and has just always loved being at the center of fun and encouragement. Together, God has taken that and created Energized Ministries and Andy and his family. They live their lives with this combination of we love to have fun and we want to encourage people. And so they're they're spending their existence thinking of ways to encourage the people who care for us, the people who do the weddings and the funerals and every week prepare for a spiritual, um, you know, challenge and, and deepening in your life. I mean, pastors are frontline givers and encouragers. And that's what Energized Ministry exists to do is to give and encourage to the givers and encouragers. So I like the Bowersox family, and that's why Andy is on the show. Well, I am glad to be here today, for sure. So I want you to take some time, you know, the time we have left to to give us some really, you know, not just a list of things that go in one ear and out the other, but but give us some reasons behind some ideas of things that we can do to honestly encourage the pastors in our lives, the pastors in our communities. You know, I'll start out by by just the obvious one. We we literally just came back from this Pray for Your Pastor tour. And so, you know, our number one thing, what's the number one tool we have against our against our spiritual enemy in any given situation is just to pray, right? To pray regularly for them. And 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 you know, here here's one thing. when's the last time that somebody volunteered to pray for their pastor before the service? You know, we're all the time at the pastor, pastor will come up and pray for us after the service or pray for specific needs. But what about making that part of even your small group or your core group at your church? What, what if you were to adopt some some active pastoral care and, and you each took turns, you know, covering the service, covering your pastor's family and prayer as he's giving the word? I, I will tell you, many, many pastors that I know find that a very valuable um uh, uh, support system for them. The the value of our prayers not only changes, you know, or, or impacts the people and the leaders that we're praying for, but it also impacts us. And it allows us to be uh, maybe more observant, maybe more aware, but certainly more compassionate. And it maybe helps us overlook some of the, in, you know, the imperfections in our pastor and leader's lives. And it allows us to help uh, be more of a support, to shine brighter to others around us, to encourage them on ways that we can be actively supporting. So, you know, prayer not only changes, it changes, oftentimes it changes us more than the object or the person that we're praying for, but it works both ways. Absolutely. And I, I really don't want any more suggestions, if that's okay. You don't want any more suggestions? No. <laughs> Okay, well, I, I might give you a few more anyway. You, you're, you're throwing me for a loop here. Well, here's the deal. I mean, like, how long could we camp on just that? My fear is that it becomes something on a list and goes in one ear and out the other. I mean, like, how important is what you just said? I mean, how important is that? Uh, it's, yeah, very, very. It, it is It is absolutely not, you know, like, you're, you're right. We could talk all day about the value of our prayers and example after example you know, I, I think I told you, Lisa, I, I am a believer that our prayers resound over and over in a in almost a dimension that we don't even understand, right? And, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one that, that's even hearing my own voice right now that, that feels, you know what, there are genealogies before me that I feel like I'm living out their prayers today. 
and it doesn't happen it doesn't happen every day but there are days that i absolutely feel the prayers of my parents and grandparents and so that's that's a huge you know a part of my message to the church is yeah you pray without ceasing you pray continually but you know what there's value of that one time where you just feel a prompting that you the lord's prompting to pray for your whether it's your pastor your youth leader your minister your your spouse and it is more valuable, like on this side of heaven, I don't think we'll ever understand how valuable and impactful our prayers are. And there, and there's verse after verse that will back that up. But uh, you're right. We could talk a whole show about that. So, Yeah, that, I'm serious. I'm serious because I just need, I need to not be a hypocrite. This is a big deal to me. And I don't, I, I mean, like I'll see things on Facebook and people will be throwing out some pretty intense stuff, asking for prayer. And I'll type praying. And, you know, the other day I told myself, are you? Are you just typing that word to encourage them or, or are you praying? And so that thought is now seeping into this conversation and I, I can't be the only one. Prayer is not spitting in the wind. Prayer is not a spiritual, um, you know, just this thing that you do to fill up time. Uh, to, it is powerful. What does the word say about prayer? Uh, it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much and creates power. I, I think of verses in the Old Testament when some angels said we would have been here sooner, but man, we had to fight through these dark, the dark forces that were keeping us from coming to save you. And I think about Jesus saying, could you guys not pray with me? I really need prayer. You know, could, could we pray? And how he would get up every morning and go pray. So my mind is starting to kind of go there with you. How important is it that we pray for our pastor? If there's a target on his back, as Andy told us last time, that there, what is it you say the enemy has, these intentional plans? Well, yeah, I mean, I, well, our line is that we fight this enemy that is a master at custom designing these failure packages. And there's no, there's no limit to that. You know, it's a, it's a 24-7, 365 constant opposition to the gospel being advanced and to people's lives being changed. And so, look, you don't have to look too far to see headlines of there's problems, right? I mean, they're like our pastors, our, our leader, they, are, they suffer exactly the same uh, trouble. They have, they're human just like us. They're not wearing a cape and a mask and, and you know, shooting spider webs out of their, out of their hands and feet to, to scale these mountains. They're just like us. But they're, they're fighting a spiritual kingdom battle, and believe me, our enemy does not want that. They don't want one step of that being advanced, right? And so believing and expecting the unexpected to happen through your prayers, expecting the hand of God to show up, that's tough. I mean, it requires a whole other level of faith, but challenge yourself. Challenge yourself to see God do something amazing in your own heart as you're... As you're exhorting and praying and and petitioning on behalf of your pastors of your leaders it will make a difference this is an important thing to talk about the realm where the pastors work to pull people out of darkness into his glorious light well who's going to be fighting the pastors in the dark realm so if there's one piece of advice that it's almost like hit us upside the head with it pray for your pastors and if we just did that we just took that one thing. We didn't talk about it. We didn't write a blog about it. We didn't analyze it. We didn't start a conversation about it, but we just became the people of prayer who would pour out our hearts before the service or after the service or with our kids at night or while the pastor is preaching or when you hear 
that the, the pastor's going through difficult things, the power of a prayer. What is the quote that I just read from the book, Draw the Circle, from Mark Batterson, uh, who wrote The Circle Maker? Never underestimate the power of a single prayer. That's for you and me today. Somebody need to hear that. Some pastor needs a prayer. Maybe it's your pastor. Never underestimate the power of a single prayer. Andy Bauer Socks, thank you for being a guest on Life with Lisa Williams today. And at lifewithlisawilliams.com, you can find out more about Andy and Energize Ministries. Hashtag thanks for listening.